Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. I'm so excited. I have, of course, we have our audience joining us today through Voice America. Big shout out to our and thankful gratitude to our Voice America team who makes this possible. Um, And then we've got a a legendary tribe joining us today on Zoom. And I know we've got some people joining us today on Facebook as well. So welcome, everybody. And for those of you who want to catch a recording of the show or you miss anything, you can always go to Voice America. And it's uh, Spotlight Show, Allison H. Larson. So just Google that and you will uh, get to hear the show. So I'm really excited about the show today because I am bringing somebody on. This lady... Oh gosh, like five or six years ago, maybe even longer, maybe it was more like seven years ago. I had a business. I was just beginning entrepreneur. I was more like a entrepreneur, right? I had kind of the side business. It was bringing in a couple thousand dollars a month. And I decided that I really wanted to step up my game. I really wanted to be like a real businesswoman. And so I hired a business coach named Amy Walker and she was amazing. She was good in all the areas that I was weak in. <laughs> she had the systems down. She brought this objective viewpoint. And I was able to take my business from making about $2,000 a month to consistently bringing in about $25,000 a month. That was the first year that I hit my six-figure year. And one of the things that she was really good at was helping me to get new clients. And I remember actually when I very first I was thinking about working with her, I actually, it was like $10,000 at the time. And for me, that was like this huge stretch. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but I really want to hire this business coach. Like I really want to work with her. And I just totally felt like I should. I had complete amounts of faith. I had no idea how I was going to be able to, it was like, took all the money in my business. I paid her. And within just a couple of weeks, I had tripled that return on that investment. So, um, we, we recently reconnected and I just was so excited to bring her and share her genius with you because reconnecting with her reminded me about how amazing she is. She's helped many, many other people in the world. She um, is an expert in many things, but today we're going to talk about client acquisition. So without further ado, Amy Walker, drum roll, everybody. Yay. Thank <laughs> you. And I want to give you permission to brag about yourself too, because I know there's a list of accolades a mile long. I posted your bio on Facebook. I know a lot of people um, were able to read it, but I would love for you just to, um, just to celebrate some of the, the other things that you've been able to accomplish in your life besides um, helping this woman get to her first six figures. Cause I well, know you've done a lot of other stuff. I do love creating wins with my clients. And so when I look at the accolades, those are always my favorite ones are the individual people that I can look at and say, oh yeah, we, I remember when we built that. So I appreciate you letting me be part of your journey. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've spoken at a lot of really cool places. I've been published in fast company and us news and world report in CEO world magazine. I've been on TV. I've gotten to do a lot of cool things, but I think when I look back at the journey 
for me, honestly, and I'm not trying to be cheesy, my most memorable parts are helping a lot of clients hit six and seven figure businesses and be able to do it in a way that their relationships are stronger. They have more balance in their life. Um, they feel more at peace with the journey. So they go through this process of creating massive business growth. And at the same time, they're like, oh, I feel less stressed than I felt before. That's what I really love to build because I feel like business should be edifying for your life. It's not, it, it, I've, I've been there and I'm sure some of you have been there too, where like, yeah, you got the cash, but it's not that fun. You know, like you're not Mm -hmm. having a great time while you're doing it. And so I, I really love helping people to be able to create business growth that is sustainable, um, to learn skills. I, I just had a client recently that was like, yeah, I worked with you five years ago and I've still been using that for five years. And now I'm ready to go again because we just create such sustainable results because we're not trendy. We're not going after things that are going to be like a flash and you can create a massive increase today, but you can't maintain it tomorrow. So I'm not going to say that I use the most sexy uh, strategies, but they work really well and they last a long time and give you balance in your life. So that's good, I guess. Well, I love that. And I celebrate all the accomplishments that you have. And, you know, um, for me, besides helping me get to my six figure business in a balanced way, um, the other thing I was so impressed with Amy that I actually had her write the foreword to my book. I forgot about that till you started oh, talking. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was really fun. And I was featured on her podcast recently. I think I posted that to on um, my Facebook page and also on the legendary tribe Facebook page. So people can go there um, to, to find out more about that podcast. But I'm really, really super excited I, to create this conversation today. And all of you that are joining us um, live on Zoom, I would love for you, as you have questions that come up for Amy or for me, just type them down below in the chat box and um, love to make this interactive and love to answer some questions because one of the things that Amy's really good at is also able to do a mastermind with her. She has this great woman's mastermind a couple of weeks ago is really being able to help solve people's problems. And one of my goals for this particular radio show um, is to make sure that we actually help some people move forward in their business. And um, that's the other thing, you know, Amy, you're really, really great at systems when it comes to client acquisitions and things like that. So, um, I want everybody to be able to ask your questions. Is that okay with you, Amy? If we Absolutely. If we ask questions. Okay, Absolutely. You can, you can see the chat box too. Well, I want yes. to go a little bit before we, we get into the client acquisitions, before we get into the tips and the strategies and, and all of those things, I want to talk a little bit more about lifestyle because uh-huh. I think this is really important. You hit it right on the head because you can have all the success. You can have all these clients. You can have all this money, all this wealth, and you can not really be happy. And so there's, you know, there's a difference between achievement and fulfillment. And one of the things that I really honor about you is you've been able to create this lifestyle that you love. Amy um, is a mother of five. Is that right? Yeah. Five boys, five boys. And uh, she and her husband have been married for how long? That will be 20 years this December, 20 years this December. So they've been married for 20 years. They have five boys. Um, She decided about, gosh, it was probably four or five years ago that she wanted to move to the country in in the South (laughs) and move on some acreage and buy, you know, get this, get this house. And she made it happen. She was able to tailor her business in such a way to live the lifestyle that she wanted to live. So I really honor you for that and would love to just, um, for you to just talk a little bit about your lifestyle and how you were, how you were able to create that and kind of the mindset 
um, around creating and tailoring your business to the, to your lifestyle, because I know there's a lot of people that tailor their lifestyle around their business, which I don't think uh, brings happiness. So could you address that first of all? I would love to. And in full transparency, I have not been perfect at this. Um, I've definitely, and, and I think honestly, whenever we're good at something, it does not have to mean perfect at it. So I will say the first thing that I've always done is um, be really clear on what is important to me and redefine my definition of success. I just okay, had hold to, up. you guys should, sorry, I just want to tell everybody that's listening right now, write these things down because um, these tips are gold. And by the way, also, if anybody else has not been perfect at what you've done, just type down below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been perfect. Uh, just so Amy knows and Renee says me that uh, she's not the only one that hasn't been perfect, but okay, go ahead and start. I just wanted everybody yeah. to have a chance to grab their pens and pieces of paper and write this down or take notes in your phone, because this is really, really important. So go ahead, Amy. Yeah. Well, we're about to drop some tips here. So yes. number one is in order to be good, you don't have to be perfect at your balance. And And I think sometimes we feel like if all the scales don't look equally weighted, that we're somehow failing. And that's just not the Mm -hmm. case. Um, But the second thing is, I think you need to rewrite your definition of success. Honestly, I just had this inner conversation with myself because I'm, you know, in a phase of scale and I'm going towards a million dollar business. And I was starting to think through and feeling all of this pressure uh, just this morning. Actually, it was it was either this morning or yesterday morning. And I just felt this pressure. I was like, wait a second, wait a second. That's somebody else's definition of success. You don't have to do any of that. That's not what success looks like to you. What success looks like to you is, and then I went through my definition. All of a sudden I was like, phew, you know, like, oh, I don't have to do somebody. I don't have to play somebody else's game. That's amazing. Um, I think the, after you've got your definition of success, the next thing is to really perfect the art of saying no. And that was hard for me in the beginning because I love cool, exciting opportunities. And I remember there was a couple years there where Allison, you'd be like, Amy, I want to plug you in here. I want to plug you in here. And I felt like I was constantly telling you no. And it wasn't because they didn't sound cool. It was because at that season of my life, travel was not a fit for me. And so I had to be at peace with the fact that I was choosing out of travel for a couple of years um, while my we ran our insane lifestyle, which by the way, we did buy a 10 acre farm and we had the goats and all of that. And after a couple of years, we we're like, we are not farmers. We have no business <laughs> owning this farm. And so we sold it. And now, you know, it, it freed up so much of my time pretending that I was no longer pretending to be a farmer. Now I can travel, but at that season, mm-hmm. it just was not a fit. And so being at peace with the opportunities that you say no to and knowing that the opportunities that fit what you want exist. They are out there. You can find them. You can connect with them. And I don't really believe in this idea of like, you have to jump on every single opportunity or you might miss the one. I think when you're clear on what your definition of success is, and you're clear on what types of opportunities fit with that, you will attract those to you. You'll find those. Yeah. And I, you know, yesterday we had Rock Thomas on an interview here on a legendary tribe and, and Rock's amazing. He was a millionaire in his early twenties. He um, has one of the top podcasts in the nation. I mean, he's been on huge stages all over the world, including Mind Valley stages. He has a goal cast with over a hundred million views. But anyway, Rock, you know, he said, he said he was talking about yeses and, you know, it's important to say yes. It's important to say mm-hmm. yes to the things that push you and the yes to the things that are right with, for you. But when someone had this question, should I say yes to everything? He said, absolutely not. And there are people that get stuck in that. And he, call, he said, when yeah. your yes doesn't align, it's something we call a dirty yes. 
Um, yes. Meaning that it's going to distract you from your real purpose. So know what your purpose is and say yes to that. And Renee was wondering, what was the last one? So you had these these steps for, could you go through those steps again, those tips? for? I will do my best, but you know me that once I say something, <laughs> I have literally forgot what I just said. So. <laughs> so I said, redefine your definition of success and then get really comfortable with saying no. Um, and I completely agree with you, which is where I honestly got off track when I was in my third, my second year of business, my first year as a company, we did over six figures in sales which was my ultimate goal. My second year, we quadrupled. And in that third year is when, you know, the second year we bought the farm, I had literally accomplished every goal that I had set for myself. Now I should have had bigger goals. I fully own that, but I sat there going, well, now what, now what? And here I am this driven spirit. You know, my soul is very driven and I love achievement. And so I just started going after what other people were doing. And I was Mm. working harder and harder and finding less and less joy in the experience of it. And so it's that process of really getting clear on what yeses are in alignment with your vision and what you want and what's out of alignment with it and be at peace that, you know, if, if it's not the right opportunity for you, it's not going to feel good saying yes. It might for a minute, but you'll get into it and you're like, oh, I sure wish I had said no to that. So yeah, no, find okay. the right opportunities. Well, any other, any other driven people out there? I'm, I'm just curious to see if anybody else has found themselves in that same boat. Maybe just chat below for those of you who are joining us. Um, you know, here on, on the Zoom because yeah, Loretta is the same way as driven. I'm that same way too. Found myself very driven, but saying yes to everything and yes to the wrong opportunities totally burnt me out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first couple of years I was in business and my business was just growing and booming. And for so long, I'd been in the scarcity mindset. I'd been this mindset of, oh, if only someone would ask me to speak, if only someone will want to work with me, if only, and then all of a sudden, all these people wanted me to speak. All these people wanted to work with me. I wasn't clear on my ideal client. I wasn't clear on my vision. And I just was like, oh, I better say yes to everything. And it right. was so interesting because um, this was actually this my story. So I worked with Amy. I grew up, you know, this amazing business that was bringing this good income. And I decided to um, partner with somebody and, and delegate part of that to them. And I started speaking and started working on this other business. And I wasn't working with Amy anymore. So maybe that was my my first problem. But um, <laughs> anyway, I, I totally had all this like success the first year, meaning that I was speaking on stages all over. I'd published this book, I had this TV show, like all these things were happening. And at the end of the year, number one, I was totally drained, totally drained. Mm-hmm. I was traveling all over. I wasn't paying attention to myself. Like I would wake up. Um, I remember one time being in California and I had to film my, my rate, my TV show. And I woke up in the hotel room and I just started crying and pulled the covers over my head. I was like so exhausted. There was another time my daughter was with me. I'd done event after event. I got no sleep at all. I was hungry. I was tired. I, I, I went to get a hotel room because I hadn't got one yet. There was some big event. And there were no hotel rooms available. And my daughter was asleep in the car. I just pulled in this parking lot and I just started crying. And I cried for like an hour because I was just so drained. And at the end of that year, I looked at my bottom line. I looked at what my business had made. And although I'd had all this success and had all these accolades and I met all these famous people and done all this stuff, I looked at the bottom line and my business brought in like almost no money at all. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this isn't working for me. So I totally understand that. And there's this, I think that sometimes we have this shiny object syndrome, right? We forget what, what our real goal is. We forget what really brings us happiness. And we start going and chasing all the shiny objects in the search or pursuit of success. And, and, um, and, and then we, we don't, we don't really have that fulfillment and happiness we're looking for. So 
Um, Loretta has a question. Maybe we could answer this question. After we answer this question, it's going to be time to go to break. When we come back, I want Amy really for you to dive into those um, tips on how to get more clients. And I wanted to address this first because I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows and it's really important. That first step is clarity on what you want in your vision and what's going to bring you mm-hmm. happiness because um, you can get all these clients and still not be happy. So um, here's the question. If you could just answer this, Amy. Um, We've got about 60 seconds till break, but Loretta says, how can you refine your pillars of focus so you don't get drained? How can you refine your pillars of focus so you don't get drained? So I know what my four jobs are in my life. So being daughter of God, being a wife, being a mother, my business, if it doesn't fit under one of those four, and if it's not critical, I'm just not doing it. That's it. Perfect. What a good answer. (laughs) Simple. (laughs) 20 seconds to answer that question. So I think that's really good. And um, one of the things um, that I would suggest too is just get really clear, like Amy said, are, what are your your four main areas of your life that you want to show up in? And then ask questions around those every time you have an opportunity. Um, you know, and Amy kind of kind of touched on this, but is this helping me to be a daughter of God? Is this helping me to be a better mom? Is this helping me? And if the answer to those questions is no, then you know it's no uh, yeah. for, for that opportunity. So I love that. All right, we're going to go to break now. When we come back, more with the fabulous Amy Walker. She's going to be sharing with us some tips that you can use to get more clients right now in your business. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I am Allison H. Larson, as was just said, and I've got today Amy Walker joining me. Amy Walker, for those of you who are just joining, she was my um, she was my very first uh, business coach that helped me get to become a real business, <laughs> to get to that six-figure business. Um, she is amazing. She has this incredible balance between business and family. She's been able to really create the lifestyle she wants. She's been published in amazing publications. She's worked with powerful women all over the globe. She has a wonderful women's mastermind, a podcast that she's doing right now. She's written a great book, which you guys should all check out. I'll have her talk about that in a little bit. So we're going to hear from her uh, in just a moment about client acquisition. So how you get more clients. And we're also going to this segment here from Lori Richens, who does our family first segment. So really excited to hear from Lori too, and have her weigh in on this. Lori's also an amazing businesswoman um, who is balancing family life and finding a lot of fulfillment in that. So I love, I love to talking to people who not only are amazing at business, who got that portion of it figured out, but have the lifestyle figured out, have, 
be the happiness factor figured out because I've worked with a lot of people who have a lot of clients and a lot of money and a lot of success and they do, they are not happy. They do not Mm -hmm. have the fulfillment portion. So really glad we talked the first segment about how to get that. So Amy, let's dive right into it. How do we get more clients? Because nobody can have a business without clients. (laughs) Absolutely. And we always want more, but we want more of the right clients. There is such a thing as bad money. And if you've ever had the wrong client, especially in a big contract, you know that you hate every moment of it and you, it's it's not good. So um, there's an eight step process that I take clients through. In my ideal world, every small business owner would run a full scale marketing and sales system. But in reality, I have learned that a lot of small business owners struggle with that and it feels overwhelming to balance, you know, seven different lead generation strategies with running a full sales team and a sales system. And most businesses can get to 10 to $20,000 a month using one really well-defined, very strategic client acquisition funnel. So here's what you do when you're creating that process. The first thing is you have to get clear on what your goals and objectives are. Like what's just like we've been talking about, what is your definition of success? Because otherwise you can put yourself in the wrong funnel and you feel like you're making money, but you're not making progress towards your goals. And I'm just wondering, Amy, will you um, say this? I'm going to have you rewind and say the first one one more time, because um, I'm wondering if I could get a scribe to type some of these in for those that are joining via Zoom. I'm I'm on my phone, so I I only have one hand and I can't do that. But, um, or Amy, do you have this already? Look at this. Yeah, I have a graphic. I just pulled up a graphic. Okay. Number one, get clear on your objectives. Number two is your dream client. You really need to have a very detailed profile of who your dream client is because we're going to be prospecting and prospecting is kind of a lost art in the day of social media and funnels and Facebook ads. It's been all about, let's get a lot of leads. Let's build up our list. But really, if you know who your ideal client is, you can create a prospecting list and you can use tools like LinkedIn sales navigator and Google and do hashtag research on um, Instagram and you can find your ideal client and you don't have to reach out to as many people. So instead of handling and processing like a thousand leads, a lot of times you can get to that, um, that 10 to $20,000 a month with only closing three four sales. And in order to do that, you know, you need to have like eight to 10 sales conversations. And in order to generate that many sales conversations with the right lead list, you might only need to have 40 people a month on your lead list. It just doesn't have to be as big as what we've been doing the last few years. I think we've overcomplicated. And I want to chime in here on this because I really want to drive this home because I've made that mistake before where I'm like, yeah. oh, just let's invite everybody. Let's have everybody at the event. Let's do everything. And what ends up happening is it takes a lot of your time away from the people mm-hmm. that really need you because you're having to sift through different people. So if you're really clear on who your dream client is, and this goes back to, to it's okay to say no to, it's yeah. okay to say no to having lots of people come that aren't your ideal clients. I remember one time I did an event and I was like, okay, we just got to go for the numbers on the event, right? We just want to see how big it is. And I guess there's a time and a place for that, but we were celebrating um, people who had made these contributions to the world and had done really big and good things in the world. And um, there was a lot of like really deep dive self-development and, you know, how do you really show up in the world? And one of the ladies actually ran a homeless shelter and And we said, why don't you bring everybody from this homeless shelter to this event? You know, everybody that's Mm -hmm. in this transitional home. 
And so we got a bus and we bus people in and I just thought, oh, this is so amazing. We're doing something really great for these people. And we're, what ended up happening was in actuality, those people weren't an ideal fit for our event. They didn't mm-hmm. get a lot out of it because they just weren't at that level of preparedness to hear mm-hmm. what we had to say and to implement it. And we ended up offering some things where people could get some free sessions with us in order to sift through our ideal clients. And then all these people signed up that really we're not yeah, we're a fit. clients. And so it just really took up a lot of time and space. We had great numbers yeah. at the event because we had a hundred people there that were our ideal client. But I, yeah, just really like, I wanted to hit that home. Like you do not have to have a lot of people on your list or a lot of people at your events. You just need to have the right, the right ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have closed six figures at an event with five people. Mm-hmm. I have also had an event with 10,000 people online and closed $18,000. You know, it's like, I, uh, it just, it's sometimes going after high volume doesn't necessarily convert high volume of leads doesn't necessarily convert into high sales numbers. It could, but you can also sometimes get there faster if you'll just focus. So the fourth thing is I do want you to have a high ticket offer. Um, if you have a high ticket offer, like let's say you want to do a hundred thousand dollars. If you're doing that with a hundred dollar offer, you need a whole lot of clients. And then the number of leads that you need is kind of astronomical. If you want to get to a hundred thousand dollars with a $10,000 offer, you only need 10 clients, which in order, if you have a you know, a 50% close ratio or a 20% close ratio, maybe you need to have somewhere between 20 and 40 sales conversations and triple that number in terms of leads. And you're looking at maybe 120 leads per year. It's so much easier to generate if you have a high ticket offer. So we want to figure out what that looks like for you. And sometimes people can't see it. There's always a high ticket offer. I was just talking with somebody who um, works with domestic violence. She's like, they can't do domestic, you know, they can't do a high ticket offer. They're just coming out of domestic violence. And I said, sure, they can't. But you know who can are the charities and the organizations who need curriculum because they're serving them in different ways. You know, they're serving them according, getting housing, they're funded, they already have the grants that they need, but now they need the curriculum that you offer. That's your high ticket offer. So we just have to figure out what it is. Everybody has one. Um, the next one is the part where I think people miss the boat. It's the irresistible ask. A lot of times when we're doing sales and prospecting, we just go in and ask like, Hey, do you want me to help you build out your client acquisition plan? And they're like, no, thanks. I'm good. You're like, okay, cool. Hey, you want me to help you? No, thanks. I'm cool. Okay. What we want is an irresistible ask. This is something that when we invite them, they want to say, yes, it's not your product. It's not your service. It's not your offer. It could be a podcast. Maybe you're going to interview your ideal client. It could be that you're going to interview them for a book that you're writing and you want them to be featured in your book. It could be that you're going to um, reach out and ask if you can connect them with a really great opportunity. But it needs to be something that that first thing that you ask is totally for them. They want to say yes, it's high value, and it's going to open that door to the conversation that you want to have. So that's a piece that I feel like across the board people are missing. All I have to do is look into my LinkedIn inbox. I'm like, guys, somebody give me an irresistible ask because all I'm getting is spam. And there's so (laughs) much of it. It's a lot of spam. Um, Okay. So six and seven are your scripts. So you need to have a great reach out script, something that when you reach out to people that they are going to say, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to do that with you. And then your conversion script is actually the sales script process. 
if you're, I'm just going to say this, if you or your clients are not enjoying the sales experience, something is wrong. It should be a great experience. I love getting on with clients and potential clients and having that discovery call and helping them figure out where their areas of weakness are and create that improvement plan and figure out what comes next. I love that process. And you know what? They do too. They're like, thank you. This was super helpful. Even the ones who are like super helpful, but I'm not ready to do this. Okay, cool. We still had a great, amazing experience. And then the last one, I I just want to say a couple things about the scripts here before you go into the last one. That is when I first started working with Amy, these were the two things that I found were probably the most valuable um, because I didn't have these. I knew kind of the concept of it and I was having these conversations, but what's really great now, you know, and I, you guys know me, I'm not like a, like, Hey, let's do the same thing every time. Or let's, you know, even when I speak on stage, I don't have this one presentation I give all the time. I like to follow my intuition. I like to go with the flow and a script is not like you're reading word for word. You can, but, but what it is, is it's this outline in this format that just allows you to be in flow. And, and the thing is, is there are proven sales script and it's like, you can try and reinvent the wheel. You can try and do things your own way, or you can do something that's worked, that's proven, that works all the time, you know, and, um, and it's really was powerful for me to come up with those scripts and use those. And now, I mean, it's not something that I read, but it's something that I memorize. And if you want to scale your business, it's really, really, really great to have these scripts because you aren't the one that has to do the calls all the time. You know, you can Mm -hmm. actually have a sales team that has these scripts and we work with an incredible sales team and they have, they have these scripts. They have things and they follow the format and it's just this proven formula. So anyway, I, I just want to put a plug in for scripts because if there's anybody out there that's like me, I was in total resistance at first. I'm like, whatever, it's going to be totally inauthentic. I'm not going to be able to follow my intuition, whatever. I actually loved it and I love it. And I still use some of those basis, you know, basic principles. I learned basic scripts that I used when we worked together. So Love scripts. Nothing okay. gets me more excited than a really well-written sales script. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually a really great spreadsheet that tracks sales numbers also gets me <laughs> really excited. <laughs> See, this is why I had to hire Amy because I hear, I hear spreadsheet in my mind and I'm like, ah, spreadsheet. But, but you, you know, um, yeah, you always work, you always look for people that, um, to work compliment. with in areas that you aren't good. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Find people who compliment us. Thank yes. Thank you. I love that. Okay. So, great. Number eight is your client partner plan. So this is something that I wish I had done. You know, you have those moments where you go, oh, this would have been useful information like five years ago. And this is one for me that I've always had very happy clients. We provide a consistently good service. So we have happy clients. Our clients like to refer people to us and they do for like one or two years after they're done working with us. Um, I've never wanted to be a lifetime solution for people where like you need to have me in your business all the time. I like creating one level with you, let you go play in that level, come back when you're ready for the next. But what was happening was I didn't have clients referring consistently because I didn't have a plan in place to make them like a, a partner. So that you want your clients to be happy, 
Then you want them to give you referrals. Then you want to turn them into a referral partner who's actually getting paid and you become a little side income for them where they continue to find people for you and send you, send them to you because referrals are always the easiest clients to close. They're always a joy to work with. I mean, for the most part, I don't think I've ever had a referral that I was like, oh, I hate that person. Um, So they're great to work with. And we want to set up a structure so that we can keep that flow coming all the time. And this is what I love is this is very manageable. You can run a multi six figure business with like one really good strategy in place and a very small tight knit team. You don't have, and it's very profitable. You know, you can have high profit margins using this. I love this client partner plan too, because um, if you think about it, if you're working with an ideal client and, and you think, where am I going to find more of this ideal client or where are my ideal clients? most likely to be, they're going to be the friends and associates of the person yeah. that you're already working with. So if you create this raving fan, now you have this opportunity um, to tap into their group and don't reinvent the wheel. Don't start all over again. Don't, don't look on Facebook for new people. Those, those people know the people that you want to work with. So mm-hmm. I love that. And um, I want to open it up for questions. Amy, does anybody have questions for Amy? on any of these eight steps. Um, anybody have any questions that they want to ask? Just type in the chat box below. What is your question um, for Amy on any of these eight things? So the other thing you could put in too is like, where are you getting stuck in this client acquisition process? Because if it's working, you what like when you have this in place, you always have leads, they're the right people, and you're mm-hmm. consistently closing. And so if you yeah. don't have that, like if your money is going up and down or your sales are going up and down, or sometimes you have good leads, but sometimes you are on calls and you're like, gosh, these are just not even my people, then there's a breakdown somewhere. So if you want to go ahead and just ask according to where your breakdown is, we can answer that as well. Okay. So yeah, let's take a couple questions and then we'll uh, bring Lori in. So Amanda says, how do you create your high ticket offer an irresistible ask? Where do you even start with that? Right? Yeah. So the high ticket offer, um, the first thing is you have to make sure that you are gearing it towards a high ticket lead. So sometimes the problem is you have a low ticket lead with a high ticket offer and it's not a match. But when I look at high ticket, I, it's very much about results, not deliverables, right? Like if you can show me how to build a million dollars in of revenue guaranteed in one hour, I'll take the one hour plan versus the one year plan, right? Now, I don't personally know how to do that. So don't ask me to teach you how to do that. (laughs) But I'm just saying like, we, it's not about adding so many things to the list. If I'll give you this and then I'll give you this and then I'll teach you to tap dance and then we'll do underwater basket weaving. You know, like it's sometimes we try to make high ticket offers by throwing so much stuff in and, and that's not what we want to do. We want to have it be really results oriented that if I can, if you can spend $10,000 with me and I can teach you how to turn that into 120 to 250,000 a year, then that's a high return. But it has to be with somebody who, like, they've got the $10,000 available to spend, right? If they don't, then if they've only got 100 bucks, it doesn't matter that we have a $10,000 offer. They only have $100 to spend. So we've got to look at that. The second thing is, how do you create the irresistible ask? I've got four funnels that I teach really consistently that help you get in front of your ideal client. One is a direct... And I I hate to share these because you'll oversimplify in your mind. Just know that in my mind, there's a whole process behind each one. 
But the podcast is a great one. You can set up a podcast where you interview your ideal client, especially if you have a hard to reach client. Almost everybody says yes to a podcast. Um, another one is a book interview that you find your ideal client and you interview them to be a part of a book that you're writing. Don't do that one if you don't actually want to write a book because you need a book at the end of it. Um, another one is um, expert summits. I have once a quarter, I do an expert summit where I interview um, about 30 of my ideal clients and then we all promote it. So it brings in about 30 leads on the front and about a thousand leads on the back, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. do that one really consistently. And then the last one is an assessment with an improvement plan is a really great funnel as well. So they get to, you know, answer a bunch of questions about where they're at with regards to the problem that you solve. And then based on their answers, you give them an improvement plan. And that leads straight into a sales call where you can walk them through it and say, okay, so here's all the things that we came up with that you need to do. And um, now that you've got the plan, can I show you how you could work with us on that? So those are four that are really, really high performing. Like most people yeah. that you reach out to will say yes. And they're, they're not hard. Um, they definitely, you have to get the back end process of them right as well, but they're not like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do them for sure. Yeah, I love that. And you definitely, yeah, I hope you guys are writing these down because this is amazing. And, and just a clarifying question here. What is a high ticket lead? A high ticket lead is somebody who is qualified, right? To um to to make a high higher purchase investment. So for example, you probably, you know, if you go to a um support club for people who have um money making issues, right? Or something like that, you probably aren't going to find people that are qualified um for a higher ticket ticket item. So just, uh, I think there's a whole separate training on that, but what basically what that means is a high ticket lead is just somebody who can actually afford it, who's qualified um, to purchase a high ticket item. So just make sure that you, you look places for those. And then I think you answered Loretta's question um, in that she said, how do you determine the price for a high ticket offer from the product you have? Is there anything else you want to address with how to, how to price a high ticket item, Amy? Well, you do need to pay attention to your industry um, and kind of price. Don't be the most expensive. Do not ever try to be the least expensive. So in my industry, for example, you have coaches that charge $120,000 a year. You have coaches that charge like dirt. I mean, they're like yeah, practically $120 a year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I like to see if we can get you to a $10,000 offer because it just makes the number of sales that you need to close so much less. Um, and again, like Allison said, we do have to find the right people. And I have a theory for why people spend a lot of time with unqualified leads. My theory is that it's because you feel like you're leaving yourself behind when you price yourself higher. Like, but I, when I was in my struggle, I wouldn't have been able to afford that. And it's hard to leave yourself and your people behind. Um, but it does not mean that you're not serving them. It just means that you're not transacting deals with them. You can still find ways to serve through your um, charitable actions, through your give backs, through um, programs that you do. You know, I have I have tons of content available for people who are just newbies starting out, but that's not necessarily who is going to buy my ten thousand dollar program. So I can serve them on YouTube and on my podcast and through my email list. And there's a lot of places I can serve everyone. It's just that's not who I need to buy my products. Yeah, I love that. All right, let's take a couple more questions and then we're going to bring Lori on. We've got some really great questions here. Um, 
let's see. Uh, Angelique asked for get leads number eight. How do you partner for referrals? Could you talk about that a little bit more? I know specifically, I think you were talking about partnering with your clients that your yes. happy clients to create referrals. How, how do you, how do you do that? Could you walk us through that just a little bit in, in more depth? If you have a happy client and you want them to, to, yeah, it's give pretty you a referral, simple. It's pretty simple. You need to know when is the right time to ask for referrals. So Loretta has been a client of mine. Allison has been, you know, guys, there's a point where you're working with me. You're like, gosh, this girl makes me work hard. That's not when I want to ask you for referrals, right? Like I want to ask you for referrals when you just had your first amazing big month and um, when you're winning and everything is going great. So you need to know when are the right times to ask for those referrals. And then after they've given you one or two good ones, then you have a sales conversation with them to transition them into being a referral partner where there's a commission that's put behind it and they've got resources that are put behind it. And you're at, you know, you're having them plug in so that they can more consistently be sending you referrals or promoting events when they come out. So you're kind of making like a team of ambassadors. They're like your, your evangelists that they're just so excited about what you do that they want to be a part of it. So there is some structure and some resources that go into that. And a great time, I think, to ask too for that is when somebody comes to you with a really good testimonial, if somebody calls you and says, thank you, this has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You say, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that this has changed your lives. And it's one of my mission is to help people like you be able to change their life. And I would love if you have any connections of friends or people that you feel like this could change their life too, to, to uh, connect me with them as well. So that's a great time to ask. Um, okay, let's go to, let's do, let's do, oh my gosh, so many good questions here. Maybe we'll get some more of these in a minute, but let's go inspiration. This is inspiration, Dan slash Dan, Dan, <laughs> what are the best lead strategies for coaches that are new to getting clients, social media posts, Facebook groups, where do you go? Say, say, I mean like, okay. So have, inspiration, Dan, inspiration, Dan, don't go where everyone else is going go different places. Because if you go putting your content on social media and Facebook groups, there's a million and one. Do something big, do something bold. My very first, when I very first launched my business, I launched it with an expert summit that actually Gerald was a speaker on. And I went from zero leads to, um, I think we generated around seven or 800 leads in one week. And so now all of a sudden I had an 800 person email list because I went bigger. So if you go small and you try to stair step your way in, it will take you forever to climb up to the top. If you'll go in and you'll go bold and have a big strategy, like you're going to, you know, set up a podcast and you're going to interview the big wigs that you want to hire you. That's big. That's bold. Um, setting up an expert summit with, you know, 30 different experts experts that are all going to be on and be promotional partners. I promise you by the end of it, you'll have established a name for yourself. So I did an expert summit right out of the get-go. And then I hosted a 500 person live event. And after those two things, I had a name for myself. I went from being somebody that nobody knew to somebody that people knew. And it just made it easier. I'm not going to say that it was, it wasn't hard work, but I feel like sometimes people go, well, I'll just do what's easy and what's right in front of me right now. But then it, the business stays harder for longer versus saying, you know what? 
I'm going to be really, really brave. And I'm going to stand out there and do something that's going to capture people's attention. And it might be amazing and it might flop, but either way, everyone's going to know it happened, right? If you'll go that process, I think you'll put in the hard work at the beginning, but your path will be easier because doors will open for you because they know who you are. And Amy, didn't you do, was that you that did the, like the beauty thing? Yeah. Celebration of real beauty. Yeah. This was, this was really interesting too. So one of the very first things that Amy did when she was getting started was um, she held it. Could you just share that briefly? Because I think this is so innovative. And what I want you to really hear in this is the innovation and the creation behind this. It's like thinking outside the box, like an expert summit is like, you go, and now's a great time to do this. You go. And you reach out to all these experts. When I held my very first event, I got some world-renowned speakers to come and speak at that event. And people were like, oh my gosh, how did you do it? And I had no name for myself. No name. And I was like, well, I called and asked them. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And, And they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And this is how the Speakers Coalition was born. Because Mm -hmm. then people started asking me, you know, how do I get these speakers? How do I get on stages? And I'm like, well, okay, I'll ask for you. Like, you know, so it's just, it's not as hard as you all think, but can you share that um, story really briefly? Because this is so great, you guys. So So I started with this community education event that was to promote healthy body image in women and girls. And so I basically invited everybody who was noteworthy in my community. I invited um, mayors and senators and news people and speakers and I invited everybody and I mean who doesn't want to participate in something that helps girls with their self-image like right yeah well I did get a lot of no's but I also got a lot of yeses and we ended up with over 500 people attending we did make it on the news um and you know it's funny because in my mind that was going to be my six-figure business I was like I'm going to earn six figures in this one event it's going to be amazing and then one week before I was like oh please lord let me break even because (laughs) (laughs) and I did I broke even it was it was I didn't earn a lot from that event but what I did get from that in in terms of money. But what I earned was I earned a name for myself and I earned doors opening. And when I reached out to people next, they said yes, because they had seen what I just produced. So that's where I love the idea of just being bold and being innovative and going after something that is maybe a little bit unexpected or putting a new twist, you know, and here's the thing, you guys, it's not like I invented live events. It's not like I invented community education. I just took what other people were doing and I created a unique twist on it that was going to capture attention and it launched my business. Yeah. And I want to, I want to put a spin on that because, um, one of our, our clients, he has a YouTube channel and well, a couple of YouTube channels and collectively his YouTube channels have over 7 billion views, 7 billion wow. with a B, mm-hmm. um, crazy, crazy success on YouTube. And I asked him, I said, well, how did you get all this success? And he's like, I just stole other people's ideas. He's like, one of the keys is stealing. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? He's like, I looked at what was working. And I just made it better and put my own spin on it. He's like, I didn't look to create anything like brand new. I just looked what was working and I just put my own, I made it better and put it out there. And I'm like, love it. It's awesome. So um, Lori Richens, I'd love for you uh, to come on now. Lori is, is doing our family first segment. She is a beautiful businesswoman, mother of seven children lives in Fruitland, Idaho, ran for office, is writing a book, has a successful business. So Lori, I'd love to have you come on and, and, and share your thoughts and weigh in on what we're talking about today. 
I had two stories that immediately came to mind when I found out what the topic was going to be. And Amy, I've loved your contribution and all of your knowledge and skill. And I think you're going to relate to some of the things that I share. So I have come to understand that every person that we bring into our world has an impact on the family. So I'm going to share a little story about um, that my husband had as uh, he owns his own firm. He's a CPA, and he had a woman that was working for him, and he had this illusion. We want to talk about illusions. He had this illusion that if he kept adapting to her, that somehow he would make her into this ideal um uh, she was an employee for him. And I kept seeing this from afar and I kept recognizing that she took the power position because no matter what he tried to do, she still kind of streamlined it, um, her own way. And so I taught Brian, I, I shared with him an important concept and this is what I want to share, um, with the audience members here. The, the space that we have in our lives is sacred space. And what I told him is I said, honey, as long as until you close that door with her, the right door is not going to open. And he kept having this illusion that somehow she wouldn't get a job elsewhere, or that he wouldn't find a replacement. And ultimately, as soon as he closed the door within a week, somebody ended up contacting him and saying, I'm looking for a job. Are you hiring? He took her. She's been perfect. So that's story number one. I had been feeling the impact of him having the wrong employee at home because it was frustrating for him. He'd come home and he'd talk about it. And um, so it affected the family. So I'm very protective of the family. Story number two is this, and I'm going to be real raw, and I'm going to share something that maybe some of you can relate to. Allison, you know that I held a women's retreat in my home recently. Yes. And uh, I, I just felt inspired that I needed to do this retreat. I knew the theme. It was about helping women rise while keeping their families strong. I, I advertised. I had women coming from other states. I had local people. They were staying in my home. I opened my home up to these individuals. I wanted them to have a safe place to be and to just truly mentor them. And on the beginning of the second day, one of the people who attended, who had come from out of state, left without me knowing it, and within a couple of hours, sent me a text while I'm still holding this retreat, sent me a text and said, there is nothing that you have to offer that is of value to me. Wow. And I felt absolutely missled. I had two, more than two days left of this retreat to finish, and not only did I get that first text. Within a short time after that, I got another one basically saying that it was a waste of her time to come. So I had to keep it together for the rest of these women who had attended. And of course, not to sabotage myself. See, I'm seeing some shaking of heads. You guys know what this is like, right? First major event where I do something like that, you're vulnerable, you're in your house, you're, you're giving your best, and then suddenly this ends up happening. So I sat on it for a little while, finished my retreat, had exceptional, exceptional reviews from people talking about how life-altering it was for them and how they wanted me to have another one really quickly and to make sure to inform them. I got the testimonials. And yet, of course, you feel sabotaged by this one person's response. Well, this is really important. You have to be willing to let people go who are not a match for you, period. Desperation impedes inspiration, and you want people to be inspired to step towards you and let them go if they don't feel like uh, you are a match for them. Now, this experience 
experience ended up being a win because I let a few days go by and I really had to think this through and I had this calming feeling come to me that this is a very good woman. This was a good person who needed more mentoring. She needed more support, not less. And so I ended up emailing her and then had a phone conversation with her. By the time I was done, she literally said to me, she said, I am so sorry. I have reread the things that I wrote to you. I can't believe I did that. She said, that wasn't even me. She said, I don't know how I could have said those words. And then she said, you have taught me more than any high ticket mentor I have ever paid before. And the way I handled it with the follow-up, the way I mentored her through that trauma that she was experiencing, she was in a bad place and she ended up projecting it onto me. It ended up being a win because she learned and I learned the power of moving on, letting go, but still teaching these important principles that needed yeah. to be shared. Well, that's so, so beautiful. So I just want yeah. to wrap up with just, you know, these these simple thoughts that desperation impedes inspiration. Um, keep the door open for the ideal client to come in and be willing to let go of the ideal client or the clients that aren't going to serve you well. And in that case, I'm still anxious to do another. I'm still friends with this person. If I see her, we can still engage beautifully. And um, it was a great teaching moment for myself. And I want to just acknowledge any of you out there who've maybe gone through that before to keep pressing forward because this is what she said to yeah. me. She said, your work must be really important to have the adversary try and stop you. Yes, and she said, I was that, that. Yeah, that's such important reminder. And Lori, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut you short. We got about one minute left, but sorry, I'm getting a frog in my throat now. <laughs> it's such a, it was a moving story for me because I think we've all had that happen. And I'm so glad that you got raw and vulnerable and you shared that. Type in the chat box below if you've ever had anything like that happen to you. I mean, anybody who has a real business has had clients that have not approved of that. Like it, and it just, it's because it's their own thing. It's just a reflection of themselves. And Lori, mm -hmm. such a wise woman. Thank you so much for sharing those thoughts. And Amy, love, have loved having you on. Um, check out uh, Lori Richens, of course, on Facebook. Um, she has a family first movement. And Amy, for those people who you really struck a chord with and they felt like they resonated with you, where can they get more from you? I know you've got your podcast. You've got some other things going on. Could you share with us? Um, how they can get a hold of you. We've got about 30 seconds left. Yes, I'd love to give you all a gift. So go to amywalkerconsulting.com forward slash scorecard. And you can take my sales and marketing assessment and I will send you a very detailed improvement plan based on where your marketing and sales are currently at on how to get to that next level of 10 to $20,000 a month real consistently in sales. And it is all customized- right. Yay. I love that. Okay. Well, if you type that in the chat box below, I'm sorry, guys, we've been having so much fun here, but we are over now on Voice America. So we've got to wrap up the show. But Amy, if you could type that in and will you say that one last time before we go? Yes. AmyWalkerConsulting.com forward slash scorecard. for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.